0: To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to God our Father, God his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The words of our text this morning are from John 17, verses 6 to 13. I have manifested your name to men whom you have given me out of this world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those who you have given me, for they are yours and you are mine and all mine are yours and yours are mine and i am glorified in them now i am no longer in the world but these are in the world and i come to you holy father keep through your name those who you have given me that they may be as one as we are while i was with them in the world i kept them in your name those whom you gave me i have kept and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. In the name of our Savior Jesus, who is our advocate with the Father, dear fellow redeemed. There's an old cartoon in a religious magazine of a preacher greeting folks as they came into church on Sunday morning, the preacher sees a haggard looking man walking toward the door and thinks to himself, Uh oh, here comes Andy. I told Andy last week that I would pray for him. He quickly turns his face to the wall and folds his hands and says, Dear God, please help Andy. Amen. Then the preacher turns back around to shake Andy's hand and happily reports, Oh, it's good to see you, Andy. I've just been, pray- I've been praying for you. I'd be surprised if there were many of us among, among us this morning who would say that they pray as often as they need to and should. Most, most of us don't have to take a great uh, moral inventory before realizing that we neglect prayer more often than not. But even more than that, when, we, when do we finally set aside time to pray? How often are we play, praying for others and not just for ourselves? How often do we say, I'll be praying for you? How many times do we actually follow through and pray for them? Sad to say, our prayer life looks a lot more like that of the preacher in the cartoon than Jesus in our text. And so we look at Christ, our perfect example and great high priest, to learn more about how we ought to pray for others. Our theme today is, Our High Priest Shows the Power of Prayer, spoken in his darkest moments, spoken for his dearest friends, and spoken for their direst needs. We pray, Lord, sanctify us by your truth, Your word is truth. Amen. When we ought to pray for others is probably one thing that we most struggle with. We're very often too busy, too tired. In this fast-paced world, we're filled with distractions and struggles. We, too, often find ourselves praying out of desperation. If I'm having a hard day, if I'm sick... Sad? I'm worried? Lord, help me. This is not inherently a bad thing. We should come to the Lord and pray for his grace to help ourselves. James 4.2 says, You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and do not obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. But between the work and the projects, The rest and the recreation, the meals, the commutes, the emails, the phone calls—it's hard to find time to ask the Lord for the help I need. When will I ever find the time to pray for others? In our text, we find when Jesus—we in our text—we see Jesus found time to pray for others. It's probably not when you'd expect. In fact, from a human perspective, it seems like probably the worst time imaginable. Our text in John 17 is part of Jesus' high priestly prayer, spoken in the Garden of Gethsemane just hours before he would be arrested, mocked, beaten, and put to death. Just prior to our text, Jesus does pray for himself, recorded in verses 1 through 5, that the Son might be glorified in the hour of man's re- mankind's redemption. Then he turns his petitions to those whom the Father had given him. We read from verse 9. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those who you have given me, for they are yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, and they, that they may be one as we are. Our high priest showed the power of prayer by praying for others in his darkest moments. What a reminder for us about what's important to pray for that it's important to pray for others. Knowing that death and hell awaited him, he prayed for those entrusted to his care. We don't have the time or attention to give to prayer on behalf of others, but Jesus did even then. He answers the question, when is it a bad time to pray for others? We think that there are lots of bad times to pray. It has to be a convenient time when nothing else is going on and when we have no other matters to attend to. Christ shows us just by by when he decided to pray these words that there was no bad time to pray for others. In fact, Paul encourages us in Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. It's always a good time to pray, not only for ourselves, but especially for others that the Father would keep them in his gracious care. Did Jesus pray for his disciples because they deserved it? No. They, wouldn't have, they would even leave the garden before all those, who, all those who Christ prayed for would abandon him to the Jewish mob. mob. Jesus prayed for his disciples because they were dear to him. Our high priest showed the power of prayer spoken for those dearest to him. Those who were dearest to Jesus are not only his disciples, but all those who Jesus says, according to verse 6, I have manifested your name to the men who you have given to me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. And they have kept your word. While Jesus does specifically pray for the twelve disciples in this verse, that's not to say that they're a special status among believers. Jesus also manifested the Father's name to us through his word. He has cared for us also as our high priest and sent us the Spirit to reveal to us the gospel and to create faith in it. In fact, We read in verse 20 of John 17, where Jesus says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. The words of verse 9 will be a little puzzling, though. He says, I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. This is not to say that Jesus never prayed for the world, even as he was crucified, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But here he has a special inter- intercession made by the Son of God on behalf of those whom he received and believed in his gospel by faith from the Spirit. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore, he is also able to save the utter- to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus went to the cross for the sins of the world. He paid the ultimate price for every transgression for every man, woman, and child who has ever and will ever live. He even shed his blood for those who are his enemies, rejecting his gift of grace. In 1 Timothy 2, we hear, God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But our high priest shows the power of prayer here by praying to his father on behalf of those dearest to him, the ones who received his words and believed him. This answers the question, who should we pray for? At this time, he is talking about the twelve. But we know that he continues to intercede for all those who have received his words and believe them, you and I included. Romans 8.34 says, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercessions for us. We can pray for All the people, we can pray for all the people, for the world, as we do just about every church service in our prayer of the day. But it is a special privilege to also lift up our petitions to the Almighty Father for those in our household of faith. We can pray for those dearest to us, knowing that they are dear to our Lord as well. Our high priest shows us the power of prayer, but not only praying for himself, but praying for his friends and entrusting their care to the one who created and preserved them. When that, Well, uh, that answers the question, who should we pray for? But there's still the matter of how we should pray. Jesus prays in verse 11, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me that they may be one as we are. And again in verse 13, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. When we pray for others, it's often only for their physical, emotional, or mental well-being. And these are great things to pray for, but are they the most important thing? I imagine that some of you have served as sponsors and have godchildren. Do you remember that the, pa- the pastor exhorted you to do before the child was baptized? It would have been something like this. After this child has been baptized, you should at all times remember them in your prayers, put them in mind of their baptism, and lend your counsel and aid that they may be brought up in the true knowledge and fear of God. When was the last time you, paid, you prayed for your godchildren? When was the last time you prayed that they might remember and be comforted by their baptism? When was the last time that you prayed that others too, who are dear to you, might remember their baptism when with water and word their sins were forever cleansed? These are excellent, God-pleasing things to be take to our Father in prayer. Jesus our high priest showed us the power of prayer in directing his requests to his disciples' direst needs. We also have this privilege of praying that the Lord might keep those that we love in the promise and comfort of Christ's redeeming work. We, like Jesus, can pray that the Father might keep those who he has in his eternal who are his in the eternal truth of his word, which reveals to us God's, uh, our God's perfect holy love for all those who call, our, call upon his name. We can pray that the Spirit may work powerfully through that word to keep the saving cross of Christ at the center of their lives. And then we can re- rejoice in the knowledge that as they seek the kingdom of God, all other needful things will be added to them. We can take heart knowing that the house built on the foundation of Jesus' blood and righteousness will never be moved by the storms of this life. (coughs) And when we can look forward to when we shall see these prayers see these prayers for spiritual help and preservation for others are answered and they stand with us at the judgment along, uh, among all the redeemed of God, the perception that prayers is offered on behalf of others seems to be at an all-time low. Telling someone that you'll pray for them is often taken as an insult. Offering thoughts and prayers is seen as an empty, meaningless gesture that only serves to excuse us from offering any real help. But by God's grace and guidance, we know that that's not true. Prayer is the most powerful tool to help others at our disposal. For as we read in our epistle reading today, the prayer of a righteous man avails much. Having been declared righteous through Jesus' blood, then we can look to his example and utilize prayer not only for ourselves, but especially for the sake of others. (coughs) Because our high priest shows the power of prayer, he shows that we can and should pray for them at all times, just as he prayed in his darkest moments. He shows that we can and should pray for those who are dear to us, especially those who belong to the Lord by faith, just as he prayed for those dearest to him. And he shows the most important thing we can pray for is that their highest spiritual needs of grace and forgiveness might be met, just as he prayed for their direst needs. As we look to Christ alone for full remission from all our sins, May the Spirit lead us to look to Him as our sole example on how we ought to pray for others. Prayer is the most powerful tool we have. May the Spirit move us to use this privilege for our neighbor's good to the glory of God the Father. To Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of, that works in us, To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all ages, world without end. Amen.